Yo, yo, yo. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for listening today. Episode three of The Joel Bond Show. Appreciate you so much. So, first couple episodes have outlined the bigger picture, inviting people to dream, inviting you to dream, allowing myself to dream, and painting more of a picture for what's possible for humanity and what new paradigms can look like. And we've also, of course, alluded to the inner work that we are invited to, to do. The hero's journey, we're invited to initiate the self-integration, inner healing that we are invited to begin. And today I want to zoom in on that. So I think throughout these podcasts, you'll, you'll start to notice that I sort of oscillate between big visions for humanity, new paradigms outlining what's possible, and next steps, and the inner work, the seedlings of that new paradigm, which is in one sphere of control to, to build, right? And that's, that's a, a new concept, perhaps, for you as a listener, because what I'm going to be inviting, what I am inviting is, hey, here's huge, amazing new paradigms, possibilities for humanity. And you as an individual have power, one seedling at a time, one step at a time, to actually embody and create that and be the change you wish to see, be the change you wish to see in the world. There's a great quote. It's, there are dreamers, or maybe it's, um, the world needs dreamers and the world needs doers, but above all, the world needs dreamers who do. So I'm seeking to marry these two, two together. Uh, it, it can be easy when we're talking about big ideas and big possibilities for all of humanity that that seems to be outside the scope of our own inner power. And it's more almost academic to talk about. Um, but what I am seeking to do is invite this merger and marriage of, of the big, the macro and the micro, essentially. And I, I do sense that this, the way I'm presenting this is novel, and I hope that more and more people can, can experience these ideas. So let's dive in more to that micro. So when we're talking about new paradigms for humanity based on trust and wholeness and respect and autonomy and authenticity and freedom, all the good things, this begins with reparenting one's inner child. So when we reparent our inner child, we, we become the whole true self that we are meant to be. Over time, we engage in this process of self-integration, of letting go of the fragmented parts of our psyche that create walls and protector parts around our true nature. And that's where... where you see that manifest in the larger world, these paradigms of distrust and fear in particular, right? Fear of authority, distrust that we can't get our needs met without that authority and in other ways as well. Um, but for sure, that relationship to authority is a huge one that essentially almost all of us, essentially all of us experience from the get-go, when we enter this, this life, enter this planet, uh, because the unchecked premise is that the parent is the authority over the child. And so when we begin to check that premise and say, 
well, yes, there is a different relationship. The parent does have responsibility to take care of the child, and yet the child still owns herself. The child still is worthy of dignity, respect, and autonomy for his or her will, as I mentioned last episode. So to, again, create these, plant these seedlings for the new paradigm, it's, it's essential that we do the inner, inner child work, right? So this can take a number of forms, but the first step is to recognize that when we reparent ourselves and we connect to the, even the youngest versions of ourselves and begin to communicate in a wholesome, respectful way, the way we needed when we were young, then we can begin to let go and shed those old, old fragments, old layers, old, old paradigms, old relationships to authority and these things. And I'll be talking more as we go into this, perhaps not today, but you'll hear me on this podcast talking much more about beliefs, specifically concepts, meaning, and beliefs that we form in our childhood that create, that create our, our worldview and assumptions and, and tie in with our emotions and create these protector parts of our psyche and all these things. So yeah, when we reparent though, at, at the fundamental level, what we're doing is reparenting our inner child. This fundamentally is the opportunity for humanity to, to evolve to a new consciousness, to a new, new paradigm is in whichever tools and, and forms that takes in the big picture, we are reparenting our inner child. And I would say there's, there's, particular, there's particular approaches to that that are more effective than others. But if our mindset overall is to reparent our inner child and go on this journey of self-growth, then that's when the new paradigm in our own lives begins to take hold, as well as that spreads to the rest of, of the world over time, right? It's recognizing our own inner power in this even if it's a longer game, even if it's a longer game, but the time's going to pass anyway, and we might as well take a shot as humanity, right? We might as well take a shot in our own lives because this is going to create a better life for you, right? This is not, this, this is not some journey of, of self-actualization for the sake of humanity. It's, it's both. It's both for the sake of your own joy, happiness, and well-being, as well as those new paradigms. And I'd like to really emphasize the role of psychology here in conjunction with philosophy. Uh, it's easy to philosophize about how and why we need to create the new paradigms. And if we build the new philosophy based on self, self-ownership principle and respective individuals, then the new paradigm can come about. And I agree with that. And I put a, a degree of emphasis on the psychology and the inner inner child self-integration work because at the end of the day, if we don't do that, our philosophy runs into a dead end. This was really exemplified for me when I went to a talk by Yaron Brook, who's, uh, I forget the, his exact title, but he, he runs the Ayn Rand Institute. So he's a huge objectivist, Ayn Rand philosopher type, and very much espouses reason right? But what he, he runs into a roadblock in his reason because 
he's not checking a certain premise and looking at his own deepest inner child in my in my humble opinion um he, he talks about that the relationship to authority in society is essential to to question so that we can build freedom in the world um but he also does not he also does not uh believe in a world without government entirely so he still thinks there needs to be some type of and this is what objectivists believe and iran believed we still need to have some type of centralized system for various reasons and both rand and brook again my opinion are not looking at their inner child and i i went up to yaron after his talk and asked him about where the relationship to authority comes from and he he did he did grant yes it comes from originally from our parents and we learned um to sort of you know fall in line with with that first authority and so then what was revealing is when he said well a young child a 2 year old say needs that because the 2 year old the young child doesn't have the capacity to reason over time as parents it's our responsibility to you know teach that child to reason or let that child reason as he grows up appeal to his reason but he did say to me that well a young toddler cannot reason and so that's what i'm talking about when we run into the roadblock because I feel confident in saying that Yaron Brook has not done the self-integration work to recognize that the reason he believes that is because he was not reasoned with as a child. He was not reasoned with when he was two years old. And unless we connect to ourselves in a psychological way to heal the top-down experience we had, essentially listen to your mom, listen to your dad, or else because I said so, or because they, because they know better. They know what's best for you. All of these things appeals to authority, right? Not appeals to reason. Until we really process that, our mind was sort of molded in that way, then our philosophy falls short. Then we end up unconsciously projecting our own unprocessed childhood experience through our philosophical arguments. This is what Euron is doing, in my opinion. He's, he's, he's saying, this is the premise, this is the truth, a two-year-old can't reason, so he builds his worldview on that premise. Um, and if he were to actually check that premise, it would mean he would need to look in his inner world. And that means looking at, oftentimes, it means looking at uncomfortable feelings, which is why we need to emphasize this, the, psycholo the psychological element, so integration of philosophy and psychology. So I just want to insert that, um, because this is, this, is, this is essentially my point and what I'm emphasizing and shading on this podcast is the inner self-integration work to build the new paradigm, not simply giving the dozens and dozens of philosophical reasons for why and how we can create a new paradigm, a free society, and so forth. I can do all that, but if we're not engaging at the psychological level, at some point, if you aren't already uh, open to the possibility of a world built on full trust and without authority and so forth, then you as the listener, if, if you won't be able to make progress, in my opinion, you won't be able to open yourself to that philosophical possibility if you aren't open to the looking at your own deepest psychological experiences and, and wounds and fragmented parts and so forth. So this is what I call the real red pill. <laughs> People talk about the red pill and waking up and about what's happening in the world and 
the nature of society and government and that's all well and good. And it's, uh, it's, it's very valuable to start getting clear about what's happening. Um, but what I want to focus on and shade, as I said, is that psychological element. It's really our relationship to our parents growing up. It's our relationship in, in this moment as adults to our own parts, parts of our psychology, parts of our psyche. So without all, all having been said, let me, let me just illuminate a little bit more about what I'm talking about with inner child reparenting and parts work, essentially. So this is the, the process of connecting to the child that we once were. And I would say we were born fully innocent and whole and curious, creative, uninhibited. There's a reason we cry to get our needs met before we are verbal. And we don't hold back when we do that. We don't hold back. We learn that's how we can get our needs met. It's only through time where we learn that perhaps crying isn't allowed. I'm not saying that crying is the best way to get your needs met as an adult. I'm just making an example of it's the process of becoming inhibited as we learn about the world as young children where we start to hold back from expressing our authentic true self. So we might learn that mom is implicitly, almost always implicit, might learn that being extremely self-expressive stimulates mom's unhealed trauma and she pulls back and withdraws love, even if all on an unconscious level. So we learn to quiet that self-expression so we can stay attached so Gabor Mate, trauma researcher, author of many books, he talks about this sort of dance we have as children between authenticity and attachment. So we are dependent upon our caregivers for survival and we need to attach. Whether it's secure attachment or insecure attachment, it is essential that we attach. We can't be alone, otherwise we'll die. So we learn often, especially in these conventional parenting paradigms in, in which we grow up, we learn to inhibit our authenticity and sit on our needs for the sake of attachment and survival, which is completely understandable. So as adults now, we can look back. The invitation and the possibility and the opportunity is to, to look back and truly nurture the inner child at all ages, the inner teenager, the inner pre-teenager. I mean, even you can nurture your 25-year-old self if you're 45, I mean. It's really just building this relationship with our different parts of ourselves, but really beginning at the, at the, even the earliest age and recognizing that you were attaching and adapting and sitting on needs perhaps in order to, in order to survive and to, to navigate the environments, especially just essentially at home and in school. And perhaps if you were in religious contexts, navigating those environments. So those are like the, the basic three institutions, right, of conventional parenting, schooling, and religion that create these relationships with authority and that have all these obedience paradigms and have these punishment reward paradigms and these, what Don Miguel Ruiz would call domestication, right, or I might call conditioning. There's different ways to look at this, but it's, it's when you learn to suppress and inhibit yourself. And this is when we build fragmented parts of our psyche in order to navigate. We build Protector parts, as it would be called in, in internal family systems therapy, protector parts, as well as exiled parts. So those are the two main 
concepts of IFS therapy. And I know I'm giving you a lot of information. Uh, don't worry, we are not in the conventional school paradigm. So no, no quizzes or tests here, no assignments. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I, I invite you to just allow the natural learning process to unfold. If this is brand new to you, if this is pretty new to you, and it's not quite absorbing, that's okay. It's going to absorb as you go about your day and you sleep and your neurons like process information. And then you listen to next week's podcast and, and I say something similar and you get a little bit more clarity. And this is the process of neuroplasticity, right? We're growing new neural pathways and we're synapses are connecting. And we're, as we gain more understanding of that concept of a particular concept, then we, we myelinate those synapses. Myelination is the fatty substance that goes around a, a synapse as you learn new information as you you learn to tie your shoe and then you do it 10 times, 20 times, a hundred times, a thousand times you are myelinating the synapse. That is the, the skill and understanding of tying a shoe. So if this is brand new to you, it might be like the first time you're tying your shoe, right? So I'm talking about parts. I'm talking about inner child work. I'm talking about reparenting. I'm talking about internal timing systems therapy. I'm talking about self-integration. I'm talking about fragmented parts and, and protector parts and exiled parts. And it's all good. It's all good. I, I'm very aware that the process of learning is something that occurs over time, usually. So just allow yourself the, the freedom to just let this absorb into you, you know. But yeah, I mean, the basic two elements of internal family systems therapy, we're working with parts of ourselves, is protector parts and exiled parts. So we might learn as a child to protect ourselves and, and stop ourselves from self-expressing, right? From asserting our opinion, from sharing our feelings, from even being really happy. If you have a parent that has low self-esteem and has is depressed or... And you all of a sudden are going all, you're going around the house all, all happy all the time. That might actually trigger discomfort for the parent. And then you might learn maybe it's not super safe. Might risk my attachment to the parent if I'm super alive and happy, right? So we learn these things implicitly. And so protector parts are, are essentially formed in these childhood experiences. And those parts teach us Hey, stay safe. Hey, stay back. Hey, sit on these needs. Make sure you stay safe. That you get basic survival and connection and attachment. Otherwise, it, it could be way worse, right? So the protector parts are serving us, and that's a really helpful thing to realize. Is like, and it's been a more of a new thing for me in the past couple of years, is building that loving relationship to my protector parts, and recognizing that they have served me. And to not try to shun them or having, yes, they've gotten in the way of my authenticity perhaps, but they did play a role growing up. And so we can have compassion and understanding for that and build, build relationships with those protectors. And over time, they can, they can begin to integrate. Um, but those protectors then are often protecting exiled parts. So the part of you that um, perhaps had a trauma or had a deep pain because your parent yelled at you when you were expressing yourself, that's the exile part. And that can get stored in the body. The protector part comes in to make sure it never happens again. But if the exile part, if it, doesn't, if it doesn't get a chance to be processed, if there's no other loving caregiver in your environments 
who helps you process your feelings or whatnot, that energy, that part of you gets stuck. And it could be all sorts of fear response that's that's tied up with that exiled part. And so the protector is there so that we don't re-experience that, right? We don't re-experience that fear that comes from mom yelling at us or dad yelling at us or the teacher saying, you're bad because you failed this test or whatever the case may be. So those are these the two elements, um, basically, of internal family systems therapy, uh, as well as recognizing that we have a capital S self. So our true self is sort of this loving, curious, compassionate, calm, creative, clear-thinking, wise self that is very understanding. And the process of, of self-integration and, and inner work and inner child reparenting when I say reparenting, it's that capital S self being that, again, being that parent you needed and to provide validation and unconditional love and to be curious and to connect with those parts of you with empathetic understanding. And so it can be a process of connecting with the protector part and eventually perhaps connecting with the exile part. And you can learn more about, you know, IFS therapy, ifsinstitute.com or ifs-institute.com. Um, there's many resources on IFS therapy. Um, and I'll be talking more about what I think is the next level of IFS, which is, which is the belief elimination work that I do for myself and others. But the key, the big picture is to have that desire to begin to, to reparent your, your inner child and, and embark on this process of self-integration. And when you begin to doing that, that's, that's the engine, the engine, the train is, is often running good momentum with that. Then, and you invest in yourself and you make 1% progress a day. And that's when you start seeing actually the new paradigm begins to develop for all of humanity because you are doing it and you have power as an individual. And the more people who begin to do this, that creates potentially a tipping point over time. I'm completely being real about this. This is not a pipe dream thing. This is actually an invitation to step into our inner power to initiate this, initiate that journey of, of self-discovery and self-knowledge and self-integration. When we do this, we begin becoming happier, more joyful, more, more in self-leadership, living from that capital S self, rather than these protectors taking over, right? Rather than, we ha- rather than having these trauma responses where we, for example, a protector part might be a people pleaser. It's a common one. It's the one that I've had historically. That part learned to, to cope with the environments growing up by pleasing people. And so this isn't your true self. This is sacrificing needs. You're sitting on needs and you're maybe sitting on needs for authenticity and honesty and assertiveness and self-esteem and self-respect. So you, you downplay your own needs that's out of a wounded place. And so this people pleaser takes over and your life flourishing and happiness and well-being does, does take a hit. So when we do this work, we begin to integrate these parts, your life becomes better. When you work on yourself, your relationships become better. And then from there, your community can be affected, your impact on the world. So, I mean, it's not only possible for humans to do this. It's, I'd say it's essential. I mean, if we don't, if we don't do this, then we're just going to keep spinning our wheels because the root of the dysfunction and violence in the world is coercion. 
is strategies of win-lose, is strategies of punishment, is strategies of aggression, of obedience to authority, of a a lack of honesty, a lack of reason. All in all of this is because of our relationship to authority figures growing up. Now I could flesh that out, I suppose, but for this context of this podcast, this episode, what what I'm inviting for you and for each person on this planet to begin to do is recognize your power and recognize that it's essential. Otherwise, we just keep we just keep hacking away at the branches, or we keep hacking at like adjacent, maybe some roots here and there. We're, we're learning about philosophy or economics, and, these, and that could be helpful. And we're we're building a new possibility. We're sharing ideas that help. You know, there's people. We're sharing ideas that are similar to mine, talking about a world based on respect of the individual, talking about new political philosophies without governments. And, but we're not going to get there without self-integration because the root of all of that are the, fear, the fearful protector parts that were created when you were trying to, to navigate your childhood. And last thing I'll say is just noticing, I mean, I know this is sort of deep stuff. You're listening to this and especially if it's pretty new to you and just noticing your body as you're listening to this. Do you notice sensations in your body? You notice little spikes of adrenaline. You notice little spikes of fear. You notice little feelings of guardedness. You notice voices in your head that try and t- trying to object to what I'm saying. Now, I want you to be free thinking and not believe me because I said something. And is it possible that if you have objections, those are parts of you that are protectors? that are fearful of looking at the truth of your childhood fully because those parts don't want you to feel uncomfortable feelings like shame or they want you to be flooded with perhaps uncomfortable images of your childhood. But, and that's valid. And and by all means, you want to be deliberate with how you engage with this therapeutic process. And that's why oftentimes it's essential to have support with that, to, to be, to be, in an environment in a support system, whether that's a professional or close friends, right? To, to guide you in this process. I'm not even actually asking you, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you do anything specifically with this information, but um, in, in terms of the exact next steps. But what I am inviting is the possibility for you to begin your, your sojourn or to continue your sojourn or to more deeply, I'm sure you've already taken steps I mean, if you're listening to this, then you probably have some interest in personal growth. But yeah, it's a process and it's a process of self-empathy, self-acceptance and self-compassion as well. And to be, be your own best friend. I mean, I, I'm still continuing to invest in my own self-integration. Definitely come a long way and I feel a lot of benefits from that. And I know there's continued work and I continue every single day to do inner work. So hope that's been illuminating about more of that micro- perspective and how that sort of scales to the big picture. But then the day it is at the end of the day, like I said earlier, it's about, it's about joy. It's about doing what you want in life. It's about being open and happy and, and flourishing as an individual, because that's the, that's the other side of, of some of this, this, you know, uncomfortable work that can happen. Um, the other side is freedom. The other side is, is authenticity. The other side is aliveness. The other side is, is wholeness, is, is, is being seen fully for who you are in your relationships, 
is meaning and purpose so much so much juice and joy on on the other side of your courageous steps so thanks so much for listening cheers <laughs>